Hey everyone, welcome to episode 75 of Something Worth Thinking About. In our last podcast, we highlighted a lot of the incredible things that the Apostle Paul says about our fellowship with God in Romans chapter 8. And so for the next week or so, the upcoming podcast will explore and unpack these concepts and ideas that Paul laid out for us in Romans chapter 8. And I want us to understand that these truths are deeply rooted in the gospel reality that is now ours. Today it is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. They are our new reality. We need to believe and understand all that this means for us. So we will take the time to walk through each and every one of these descriptions and implications that Paul again spells out for us in Romans chapter 8. And in today's episode, we want to think and talk about what it means to live according to the Spirit as Paul describes it in Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 14. Our text for today is Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 14. Let's dive right in. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, Though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's the Word of God, and I read that from the New Revised Standard Version. Now, there are a lot of deep truths here, but these are not truths that are beyond us or inaccessible to us. They are simply big and deep truths that we need to hear and believe. And we need to wrestle with these things and think through what it all means for us today as we live for, for the Lord and eagerly wait for his appearing in glory. In this section of Paul's letter, he spells out for us what we already know. There is within us a very real battle of desires. There are the sinful desires of the flesh and there are the good desires of the Holy Spirit. Now, the presence of the Spirit within our bodies does not make the sinful, the sinful desires of the flesh go away. 
these desires and impulses remain. In fact, what Paul says in verse 10 may even shock us a bit, even though the Spirit of Christ, the one who was raised back to life, the one who once described himself as the way, the truth, and the life, even though the Spirit of Christ himself lives in you, your body is still dead because of sin. And this is Paul's way of graphically presenting to us the tension between our flesh and God's Spirit. Because of sin, there is a very real sense in which our body, our flesh, is dead. We know that the day will come for all of us that our physical body will die. But Paul says here that because of sin, it is, in essence, already dead. And we can get caught up in the nuances of flesh and body and all that kind of stuff. But what it really boils down to is that there is this struggle within us. And these desires come from the fact that we still live in these bodies that have yet to be fully redeemed as we wait for the coming of Christ to raise us back to life and for our bodies to be transformed into the likeness of the glorified body of Christ. And yet, even though there is this death uh, in our bodies, at the very same time, our spirit has already been raised up and made alive with Christ by the spirit. Now, Paul has already presented this idea to us all the way back at the beginning of Romans chapter 6 as he explained the meaning and significance of what happened to us when we were baptized into Christ. Go back and read that again, both in Romans chapter 6 and here in chapter 8. Paul's compelling conclusion to this gospel reality is that you and I have an obligation to live according to the Spirit that has now given us life, not to live according to the flesh, which is death. So instead of allowing ourselves to continue to be controlled, motivated, and driven by the flesh, by the sinful impulses of the flesh, Paul urges us to live by the Spirit. Now, Paul is not alone and using this kind of language about sinful desires. Peter had this to say in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage against the soul. The desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Likewise, James wrote in James chapter 4, verse 1, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, some of your translations, passions or cravings that battle within you? Even as the Spirit of God living within us is prompting us and urging us to follow Christ and walk in the paths of God, these sinful desires, passions, and cravings of the flesh remain. And they indeed wage war against our souls. In the very same way that we can be frustrated in our efforts to eat, for example, healthy foods, because of our desires and impulses to eat and taste something that we know is not good for us, that will sabotage what we're trying to do, 
in the same way that we're frustrated by this experience, we live with the daily frustration of having to say no, no, and again, no to the sinful desires of the flesh over and over because those desires don't just go away. But we're not alone in this war. I want you to be encouraged by the gospel reality that Paul is presenting to us. We are not alone in this daily constant battle between the desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit. Just as we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we still feel and experience sinful desires and impulses of the flesh, we believe and we know that the Spirit of God lives in us and helps us to overcome these sinful desires. One day, one glorious, blessed day, the Spirit that now lives within each and every one of us who belong to Christ will raise us from the dead and give life to our mortal bodies. Paul puts it here in Romans chapter 8. And even now, he tells us that the Spirit has already given us life. In Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6, the Word of God tells us that God has already made us alive with Christ and raised us up and seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms. It's an incredible image, and it's already our reality in other words, as we think about this, the Spirit has already made us alive in and with Christ. Not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And as he explains in Romans 8, we're not in the flesh. That's not where we're going to live anymore. Yes, we're still in our bodies, but we're not to live in this mindset of the flesh, but rather in the Spirit, the Spirit of God. And in light of all these mind-blowing truths revealed to us through the gospel of Christ, we undoubtedly now have a debt or an obligation to the Holy Spirit of God. We are to honor the Spirit and all that the Spirit has done for us, and even simply the presence of the Spirit. We are to resist and reject the evil desires of the flesh, and we are to embrace and pursue the desires of the Spirit. As Paul puts this same idea in Galatians 5, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step by the Spirit. In other words, let's be guided and led by the Spirit, and let's follow the Spirit. And light of what the Spirit has already done for us and in light of our constant hope for what the Spirit one day will do for us. When Christ appears again in glory, we have an obligation to the Spirit. We must put to death the evil desires and deeds of the flesh. But again, even here, we are not alone in this ongoing struggle to overcome. We should never feel helpless or hopeless because it is by the power of the Spirit of Christ living within us that we are now able to do this. With God's help, by the power of the Spirit who lives in us, we can overcome sinful habits, no, no matter how deeply entrenched they may have become in our lives. We can change the way we respond to temptations. 
we can set our hearts and minds on becoming what God wants us to become. This is what sanctification is all about. God is at work within us to change us and transform us into the likeness of his son. And this is God's work in you. No one is outside of the scope of what our God can and will do if we will simply come to him and surrender our hearts, our minds, our lives to him. The battle is real. We all know that it is. So let's close today's podcast by hearing Romans 8 verses 12 through 14 one more time in a different translation. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Lord is good and faithful. Our God does not and will not abandon you or leave you to fight these battles all alone. He will help you in everything that He asks of you and all that He calls you to do and to become. You can overcome anything and everything because the Lord our God is always with you. In the words of Romans 8, 37, you are more than, more than a conqueror through him who loves you. So do not be afraid and do not give up in your fight against the evil desires and impulses of your flesh. Be led of the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. This is your victorious life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And this is a huge and important part of what it means to have fellowship with God. He is always with us. He always provides everything that we need and He is sharing with us all that He is, His righteousness, His power, His goodness, His faithfulness, because God wants us to be a part, to belong to the fellowship of the eternal God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.